News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, the new head of the fire services department has dismissed as trivial a remark he made last year describing violent anti-government protesters as cockroaches. The ombudsman says more than 60,000 lifts and escalators in the SAR don't meet current safety standards and the education secretary says just because the DSE exams are going ahead next week it doesn't mean schools will be reopening as well. The incoming fire services chief, Joseph Leung, has dismissed as a trivial matter a comment he made last year describing violent anti-government protesters as cockroaches. Timmy Sung reports. Speaking to reporters before assuming a top post on Saturday, the current deputy fire services director, Joseph Leung, defended what he had said in a closed-door meeting, saying he was referring to rioters who disregard law and order. He said his remark had been hyped and people should instead criticise the rioters because what they did was on a completely different level compared to what he said. Mr Leung described his remark as emotional and said it would not affect the work of fire services as officers were duty-bound to rescue everyone no matter their political background and, as he put it, even if they are rioters. During the anti-government protest movement, 11 fire services officers have been arrested, two of whom were released unconditionally. Another 130 or so have received complaints over their remarks on social media, but allegations against half of them were not substantiated. Some also have to face disciplinary hearings. The outgoing fire services chief, Darrell Lee, will begin his pre-retirement leave this Saturday. A vice president of Beijing's top think tank on Hong Kong says comments made by liaison office chief Luo Huining on the need for the SAR to enact national security laws aim to show people here that the central government is very concerned, even during a global health crisis, that Hong Kong is a national security threat to the mainland. But Lao Sukai says he doesn't believe Beijing expects the territory to enact Article 23 legislation any time soon. Instead, he believes the central government wants Hong Kong to do more to protect national security through existing laws. But he warned that Beijing is prepared to step in if necessary. He also says he expects Beijing will take strong action if LegCo is dominated by the opposition in September's election. Beijing is very much aware of the fact or the possibility that the LegCo may be uh, dominated by the opposition. But if that is the case, I would expect Beijing to take strong actions uh, to, to protect national security. But I cannot say for, for sure and in any concrete terms, what Beijing will do. The Ombudsman, Winnie Chu, says more than 60,000 lifts and escalators in Hong Kong do not meet the latest safety standards. The watchdog announced an investigation into the maintenance of lifts and the adequacy of the government's monitoring of it. This follows a series of accidents in recent years, resulting in one death and several injuries. Here's Wendy Wong. The Ombudsman says accidents involving lifts and escalators in recent years aroused public concern. In one of the most serious cases, 18 people were injured when an escalator went into reverse at Langham Place Shopping Mall in 2017. The watchdog says there were more than 66,000 lifts and 9,300 escalators as of the end of 2017. But his preliminary inquiries found a majority weren't installed with components that met the latest safety standards. In addition, more than 20,000 lifts and escalators were over 30 years old. The watchdog says it will look at the laws governing lift and escalators maintenance, as well as regulatory works done by the Electrical and Mechanical Services Department. 
Despite the government's decision to go ahead with the Diploma of Secondary Education exams next Friday, the Secretary for Education says it's not yet been decided when schools will resume classes. Kevin Young says students will come into much closer contact in school compared to sitting for an exam. He says before a decision is made, schools need to indicate how well they're prepared for preventing the spread of the virus on campus. A bar owner in Chimsa Choi has been sentenced to one week in jail after pleading guilty to violating a government order for such entertainment venues to close for two weeks, becoming the first conviction since the ban came into force early this month. Kowloon City Court heard police officers raided the bar on Haiphong Road last Wednesday and found more than 60 people inside who'd used a back door while the front door was locked. The acting principal magistrate, Ada Yim, criticised the, gov- the defendant for risking the lives of his staff and customers saying he'd planned to keep his business open on purpose. Therefore, an immediate jail sentence was necessary. An HSBC survey has shown that while Hong Kongers are knowledgeable on cybersecurity, they may not use what they know to protect themselves when using online services. In its new cybersecurity index study, the bank polled more than 1,000 people and found that on average they scored 73 points out of 100 on knowledge, but just 68 points on behaviour. Andrew Eldon is the head of digital at HSBC's Wealth and Personal Banking. You understand what they're supposed to be doing, but translating that into the action is something that is not always done very effectively. And, and, and you, you can kind of understand why. I mean, there's, there's lots of, you know, people have lots of different logins for lots of different sites. It's hard to manage um, all this information. And I think certainly attitudes around privacy and what companies can do with data, for example, may not always be so easy for the customers to understand. The bank recommends online users to be diligent in changing and maintaining their passwords and make sure they don't transfer money or log on to their bank or social media accounts on a public Wi-Fi network. The Recycling Fund has allocated an additional $50 million to help the recycling industry cope with the economic downturn and coronavirus situation. It raises the subsidy level under its one-off rental support scheme. The scheme benefits about 900 recycling shops and sites and was launched last year. The IMF has warned that Asia's economic growth will grind to a halt this year for the first time in 60 years because of the coronavirus pandemic. It said the impact of the virus will be severe and across the board. From Singapore, here's the BBC's Karishma Vaswani. The International Monetary Fund says this is a crisis like no other. The economic impact on Asia will be worse than the global financial crisis of 2008 and the Asian financial crisis in the late 90s. Back then, people could still go out to the shops and buy things or eat at restaurants, keeping small businesses alive. This time, because of some form of a lockdown in many parts of Asia, that's not possible, leading to a sharp contraction in economic activity. It added that Asia could see a rebound in growth next Next year, but only if containment policies succeed. The governing party of the South Korean president Moon Jae-in has won a landslide victory in yesterday's general election on the strength of its response to the coronavirus outbreak. Here's the BBC's Laura Bicker in Seoul. The prospects for President Moon's party did not look good in January. The South Korean economy has slowed, talks with North Korea have stalled, and news headlines were dominated by a series of political scandals. But the country has managed to combat coronavirus with aggressive tracing and testing measures. The Democratic Party put this effective response at the heart of its campaign. It has resulted in President Moon's government winning the largest majority in Parliament this country has seen since it held its first democratic elections in 1987. 
President Trump says the U.S. has passed the peak of new coronavirus infections. He made the announcement at his daily White House briefing. The battle continues, but the data suggests that nationwide we have passed the peak on new cases. Hopefully that will continue and we will continue to make great progress. These encouraging developments have put us in a very strong position to finalize guidelines for states on reopening the country. Mr. Trump said he would announce guidelines for easing the lockdown at a news conference tonight. The president has been at loggerheads with state governors about the timing of easing restrictions and reopening businesses. The U.S. has recorded nearly 2,600 coronavirus deaths in its latest tally, according to John Hopkins University, bringing its total number to over 28,300. The governor of New York, the worst affected U.S. state, has laid out plans to intensify testing for the coronavirus. Andrew Cuomo said he was seeking federal authorization for a finger prick test that up to 100,000 people could take each day. Mr Cuomo added that priority could only be given to healthcare workers and assistance would be needed from the federal government. This is important. We've all been saying thank you to the healthcare workers and that's nice. The healthcare workers need support. They need the PPE equipment and they need the tests to make sure they're not getting infected, or if they are infected, what is their status? The head of the World Health Organization says he regrets President Trump's decision to halt U.S. funding. On Tuesday, Mr. Trump announced he was suspending funds while a review was conducted. He accused the WHO of abetting China in a cover-up and of mishandling the pandemic. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said his organization would work with its partners to fill any resulting financial gaps. WHO is reviewing the impact of our work of any withdrawal of U.S. funding, our commitment to public health, science, and to serving all the people of the world without fear or favor remains absolute. A 99-year-old British World War II veteran has raised almost 15 million U.S. dollars for frontline health workers by walking laps of his garden. Tom Moore is doing 100 lengths of his 25-metre garden in time for his 100th birthday at the end of the month. He originally planned to raise £1,000 for a National Health Service charity, but is approaching the £12 million barrier, as he does laps in his garden in Bedfordshire in southern England, with the help of his walking frame. His last 10 laps will be shown live on the UK's two biggest morning TV shows tomorrow. To business news, Smithfield Foods, the world's largest pork processor, says it will shutter two U.S. plants after closing a separate hog slaughterhouse because of an outbreak of the coronavirus among employees. The company, owned by China's WH Group, is shuttering a plant that processes bacon and sausage in Wisconsin for two weeks, and a facility in Missouri that processes spiral and smoked hams will also close. The latest shutdowns show the domino effect that can occur when the closure of a major slaughterhouse removes raw materials that are turned into food for customers. Locally, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 23,954. That's 190 points down on the previous close. To currencies, in a short while ago, the euro was at 1 US dollar and 8 cents. The greenback was at 107.97 yen and the pound was worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 66 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. One of the leading voices representing professional football leagues across Europe says the sport is facing a huge crisis as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Alberto Colombo, Deputy General Secretary of the European Leagues, says it's still unclear when football will resume. Of course, it's impossible to answer to the question of when. 
we will be back playing. I mean, nobody in this world nowadays has these answers because these will depend on the evolution of the virus. And also, we have to remind that uh, the situation might be diverse from country to country. The English Premier League is postponed until April the 30th, but any return may start with games played behind closed doors. Tottenham forward Lucas Moura says safety is top priority, even though it's important for him to play in front of supporters. Honestly, for me, football is about is about fans. It's about uh, um, it's about stadium be be full, everyone uh, enjoying the game, and. Of course, it's another good situation to play uh, with with no fans, and it's not uh, what we we wait for. We expected, and I don't know to be honest. It's it's if it's safe. The French cyclist and four-time world champion Catherine Marcel says she's impressed by how quickly the new Tour de France dates have been arranged. Organizers confirmed last night that cycling's most prestigious race will start on August the 29th and finish on September the 20th. This after the French government had extended a ban on mass gatherings to mid-July because of the coronavirus pandemic. It's a huge thing in France. It's part of the history of of our country, and uh, it's unbelievable and amazing that. They can sort of find some dates so fast, and you know, call every cities and say, "Hey, you ready? We postpone it in August. You in? Yeah, yeah, we in." And everyone is following. Uh, so it's it's a, it's a huge organization, and uh, it's it's for sure a tremendous change in all the logistic of this uh, of this uh, organization, and uh, uh, it's very impressive that they can do that. NFL Hall of Famer Willie Davis, the first African American captain in Green Bay Packers history, has died. He was 85. Davis played as defensive end for the Packers throughout the 1960s, highlighted by back-to-back Super Bowl wins in '67 and '68. In 12 NFL seasons, Davis did not miss a game. He still holds the Packers' career record for fumble recoveries with 21. His death comes on Major League Baseball's Jackie Robinson Day, an annual event in America to honor the day Robinson made his professional debut. Robinson is known for becoming the first black player to reach the major league in 1947. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The new head of the fire services department has dismissed as trivial a remark he made last year, describing violent anti-government protesters as cockroaches. The ombudsman says more than 60,000 lifts and escalators in the SAR don't meet current safety standards, and the education secretary says just because the DSE exams are going ahead next week, it doesn't mean schools will be reopening as well. The news from RCHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 16th of April is today's date. Many thanks once again to James Ross for the morning brew and also to Karen Coe sitting in for me yesterday. That's right, I was off. My little girl turned three. A cause for a celebration at home. Even baked a little dinosaur cake. Anyway, I won't go into that. We've got a busy program today, um, just after half past one. To continue uh, the theme of COVID-19, we're asking, has COVID-19, has the coronavirus uh, created some sort of a divide uh, amongst us? And we'll be chatting uh, to Dr. Eslyn Taragina once again. She's a chartered psychologist and psychotherapist with Mind Balance. Uh, that's at half past one in about 10 minutes or so. And uh, after two o'clock, Sadia Osmani will be joining us for our regular Thursday chinwag. And this time we're talking about pets and uh, whether we're seeing more people uh, fostering pets. Uh, because in some agencies in the UK, they have reported on a surge of uh, public interest, really, uh, in, in pet fostering. So I'll be seeing the same in Hong Kong. And what are some of the points to consider when you are fostering 